everyone. I'm Ryan. And I'm Seth. And welcome back to the Writer's Room Game Show. It's been a while, Seth. I think it's been like close to six months since we've recorded an episode, it feels like. Maybe it's been a while since I I knew the words. (laughs) Is that Nickelback? It's been a while. Uh, Creed or Nickelback, something like that. It's Uh, been a while! Yeah, that was my really good impression. Uh, Oh no, it's by Stand? Stained? Stained. Stained. It's been a while. It's been a while. And since I could sing, man, out of bear, bebo. Oh, man. It's good to be back, Seth. It is good to be back. We've, uh, this is our writer's room talk show. So if you're new to this podcast, uh, every once in a while we'll do, uh, if you're and, nude to and, this podcast. And, in between of our, our game show episodes where we're developing movies, we'll uh, just get together and we'll talk about random topics. I think on this or like season- when I'm when I run thirty minutes late because of uh, picking up my kids from school and traffic. That's also and we have a hard out of fight, you know in thirty minutes. That's another reason we'll have hey, a talk show episode. That's how it be. That's how it be. And I think we we talked about possibly just uh, alternating this season between game show and talk show it gives us a little extra time in between our our game shows. And also we just really like we really enjoy our own voices. Yeah. <laughs> Is talking to white men on a podcast talking yeah. about movies. It's the um, whole reason the medium was created. Yes. We're like smartless, except one less guy and not famous or rich. One less guy and a lot less millions of dollars. Um, you just got a little shout out on smartless the other day. I did. Tony was kind enough to mention my name twice and no, nobody cared. You could hear nobody caring. <laughs> I was, I actually, I was, I'm in Nashville right now cause I'm doing a, a movie here with my friend Seth Worley and it's like two hours from Alabama. So I went and visited some friends from college and then, well, that's here. I'm doing a movie with my friend Seth Worley called sketch, but, uh, I did that. There wasn't any, wait, who's Seth Worley? Tell us about it. Oh, I know who Seth Worley is. He's like one of the hosts of the, he's the last charming host of the Writer's Room Game Show podcast. <laughs> Seth, what have you been up to these past few months? Can you, can you, can you share about it? Is this something I can, public knowledge? But I think the easiest way for me to be able to share it uh, would be uh, like this. It's been a while since I could hold my head up high. No, I'm just kidding. I, yeah, I shot my movie. I'm editing it right now. And uh, like while we record this podcast, I'm actually editing, sitting here. Uh, And I'm ripping it apart with notes as we speak. God, I hope and pray you are. That's very, very helpful. Um, The movie's going well. It's, uh, I think it's coming along. I mean, you know, I'm on the other. um, The dark side. When you're on a stretch, when you're on like you have a stretch coming up of, of, of of a trip and you're on the tail end of it. Is that what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, the tail end, yeah. Yeah. I'm in the rear of a the caboose, so to speak. I'm in the caboose of the of the of the misery train, which is the first assembly. What I what I did, I took some advice from some folks and I I focus on on doing a first assembly real like I cut it up into reels, even though it's not really necessary anymore, I guess, because we're not going on film reels. I'll say from from a a viewer's perspective, someone giving notes on uh, a movie, it's actually really nice. To have it in reels? Yes, and I'm sure from an editor's perspective, you get to focus on sequences and cutting that and not necessarily thinking about the grander thing unless until you put those yeah, together. It, well, it was really good advice because it's allowed me to kind of like 
do the really crappy first assembly where it's just about putting stuff in the timeline mm-hmm. um, and feeling miserable and then just focusing on making those reels watchable. And honestly, 90% of that work is audio cleanup. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even like refining the edit. It's just like adding crossfades and finding uh, finding room tone in long takes that you forgot the, when you didn't get room tone. Yes, making it um, so that people aren't commenting on that when they're watching the cut, but also knowing that there's going to be a professional sound mixer that's going through and making this actually it. sound yes. good. And so oh, you're like, why am God. I spending all my time doing this? But then realizing that I need to make this watchful for people so they're not just commenting on how bad the audio is. And what's funny is I, th- I, f- I think in my head that I'm, I'm able to watch like shitty audio, mm-hmm. but I'm wrong because you can't see audio. You can't see sound. Mm-hmm. And the other reason is because it actually is stressing me out and messing with me to watch a cut with bad audio. And like, I know because like if I don't touch the cut whatsoever visually and I, just do audio cleanup pass. I am like 80% less depressed about it. Anyway, the point is I'm focusing on making, like I did a, a first assembly for each reel and now I'm going through making each reel watchable and getting notes on those on those reels and doing my own notes on those. And then I'm gonna implement all of those notes and then put everything in one timeline. And then we'll start the process of of getting notes on that, iterating on that. And That's ideally you- I'd love to picture lock by December so we can move into like VFX and everything. So there's a lot do- of Years of VFX work. (laughs) I hope not and think not. (laughs) Yeah, dude, the thing's gonna... I can't wait to see your movie with VFX and see it in theaters with thousands of screaming fans all over the world just 1000 <laughs> all over the world total dude that's so great yeah it's awesome that yeah i feel like uh, you know our little our group of friends it's like we're all just trying to make a movie so it's like so exciting to see you go and shoot one thanks man it feels weird it feels uh not to be all therapy like but it does feel I don't know how to put this. It feels like a one-off. Like it doesn't feel like I'm like, ah, finally making a movie so I can keep making more movies. It feels like I'm making this movie and then I'm just going to continue my life directing commercials and doing software market, like marketing for like a software company. Like you're also, you're also like what, a month or a month and a half out, out of shooting it. Uh, yeah. But also I just know how much stuff is out there and it's like as great as I think this movie is going to be. And I actually do think it's gonna be great. Really proud of it. I think it's gonna be really funny and really charming and have some really, really, fun and cool uh, action sequences in it. And we got amazing performances from literally the best actors I've ever worked with in my life. But there's so much stuff out there. And I'm just like, I, I'm, oh. my brain, no matter how, I'm not even like training myself to have low expectations. I just literally have low expectations. There's something wrong with me. I'm broken. What it's, about you? Speaking of speaking gonna, of broken. It's going to no. find <laughs> an audience and be awesome. And someone else is going to hire you to make a movie. I have no doubt. Sure. Now, speaking of making a movie, you have a lot of things going on. I don't know I how know, much of them you I can talk about. I don't know how much I can talk about either or that I should share about. But yeah, it's just, I'm in this weird time where it's like lots of developing for people that people, I never... You, I never thought I would be developing movies for it and I always dreamed of it, but I also don't know how much I can share it. I also have very low expectations for it going anywhere, but very high hopes. That it does go somewhere. So I guess I could share that there's a horror movie that we're that has a crazy story that I'm sure I'll share one day that I'm developing uh, writing, you know, with Matt Black, one of my writing partners, my other writing partner besides you, Seth, and then uh, for a major studio. So that's super cool. And then also this uh, sort of action comedy 
stuff that is another big studio that I won't share about yet, but hopefully that's, that one is unbelievably awesome. They're both awesome. Yes. One is crazy. And the other one is awesome and perfect for what? Yeah. So it's like this weird thing. And then, you know, trying to, you know, shooting the short in December, which I think would be really fun too. Uh, And also the first thing I've shot like since pizza time in 2019, which I just feel so rusty in terms of like passion projects. I don't don't know how you felt when, when you shot sketch like this weird like man it's been a long time since i've shot like no. something like this no the opposite actually because i've been doing so many commercials that's um, true and I also like, honestly, it fell at a great time because every other time I tried to get this movie made was before 2021 and 2021 was just a year where I, you were like, 2021 and the second half of 2022, like our first half of 2022, I did a lot of commercials and they were my first time in my life where they've been positive experiences and where I felt like I was actually, and they're also like incredible commercials that you can feel proud of too well thanks and I, but i and that's the thing is like i actually felt like oh i'm starting to actually get good at this and and it was so recent that therefore going into the movie it was the most uh i don't know if i've talked about this on the podcast because we haven't recorded anything since we shot have we Mm-mm. it was a bizarre experience because for the sole reason that everyone kept asking me questions like implying that questions are like basically like you know are you getting like are you able to get any sleep or <laughs> Like you freaking out right now. Things like that. Implying these, like these anxieties that you, like we all kind of associate with Mm -hmm. this job. Mm -hmm. And I felt none of it. I literally just felt this like complete inner inner peace. Like I was right where I belonged. Mm -hmm. And like, I can, I, I, it is not lost on me how like lucky I am to be able to feel that way, much less be in a position to feel that way or not feel that way. But it was just like, so it was so weird and reassuring that like everyone would ask me some anxiety related question and be like, no, I'm good. I'm either repressing the living (laughs) hell out of it or, or I'm actually like healthy and (laughs) Yeah, I remember texting you, uh, like texting you on like week two, like, dude, how are you feeling? Because I know we talked about in the past, like, get, well, get anxiety. An- we talked about on the podcast. Every shoot. Yeah, yeah, we like talked about, it. and I still, even on the smallest things that just don't matter, like, I still get so anxious and feel sick. Like, on, but you're like, yeah, after like day three or four, like, it just faded away, and I'm like, I'm good yeah. to go. It did. And, that, and it was a relief to me because I, if I have a similar experience, I've, you know, very much looking forward to that on, on a feature. Here's sure, the trick. I'm sure a big part of that too is just having an amazing team around you that like hundred percent you start to get That's, into a, a flow and a rhythm and there's expectations and you don't feel like it's all on you to do everything. It is so imperative that you have like you surround yourself with a good team. We had a great team on this movie and a DP that I had worked with on commercials, DP named Meg, Megan Stacy. Mm-hmm. Space out of LA. She shot several commercials that I did while I was in LA, but this was like, it was not her first feature, but it was obviously my first feature and our first time working on a larger project and a project that was overwhelmingly where I like had control of the creative. Mm -hmm. And it was like one of the most, it was one of the best creative collaborations I've ever had in my life. And I could say that about so many, almost all the other roles on the team. So with that said, a big part of my ability to not be anxious, like to not be crippled, to not have crippling anxiety on the shoot was I, and I'm sure this is because I had such a great team, but I, I wonder how much of it would be there. Even if I had the worst team ever is in the back of my head. I'm like things that cook, like you know, people will be worried. Like, are you worried about weather? Are you worried about COVID? Are you worried about so-and-so? And I'm like, 
why should I worry about those things? Because like, obviously if, if there's, if we get shut down because if somebody gets enough, people get COVID or something like, like we're obviously taking all the precautions and everything. And obviously I want everyone to be healthy and be okay. But health aside, if we have to like move our schedule around, that's not my job. Like mm-hmm. I'm not the one yeah. who's going to have to reschedule all of our cast and crew <laughs> and make that work. Like that is literally another person's job. Which we're so, so used for, to doing that on our own shorts or on yeah. like smaller commercials and different stuff like that. And I'm just like, if, if it's literally not going be my responsibility, then why the hell should I carry that around with me? Like yeah. I need to focus on my job and let other people do their job. And that came really easy to me this time around. I don't know. I, I don't know why, but if anyone out there needs to hear that, literally, if it's not your job, don't worry about it. Just like <laughs> if it's a director, you have enough work that's yours. And most of it is just like coaching and leading other people's work. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like, you know, approving, I don't know. I had a blast. It was a really, really, yeah, it was so a hard great. shoot, but a really great shoot. You, I got back to you. We came back to me again. Sorry. <laughs> I know it's hard because I can't talk to, I can't talk about much of it, but it is a very exciting time for like opportunities to hopefully make movies in the future on a bigger scale than I thought my first feature. Like I was, I'll, I'll just say one of, one of the possibilities is a pizza time feature that I've just been like slowly developing, like trying to sort of slowly develop at, you know, on my own time outside of like commercial work. And, and, I, but I've been writing it to be like a very small scale, like indie action comedy, knowing that it's like, here's how we shot the the short version. So what if we just expanded that to 90 minutes with the same scale and sort of attitude of this indie action comedy kind of thing. And Eric Jacobus, the fight choreographer, the guy who played the hitman, like he's, he comes from the world of like indie action stuff. So it's like, are you right, what having a change that now with, with the people you're talking yes, to? Yes. I've been encouraged to develop it at basically like 15 times the size of, of what I originally was. Now, Okay, here's my uh, question though. Are you still developing a pizza time feature with these folks? Because I thought they had mentioned. Yes, they still want to see the script. So I was like halfway through the script. I'm actually bringing Matt on to help flush out the first draft. Oh, so you'll be uh, done tomorrow. Yeah, he'll be done very soon with this uh, first draft. This is Matt Black, but, who has been on the show before. Yes, and he's a phenom. We, we got to brag on Matt because he is one of the most prolific. I'm not going to brag on Matt. Uh, I'm only going to curse Matt out. <laughs> Because that asshole is, writes movies in thir- in like 30 minutes. He it's like freaking out. John Hughes, like hyped up on Coke, smoking 80 cigarettes, it really, and like turning out Ferris Bueller in two hours. It really is incredible. I'm sure you will be seeing, if not directed by Matt, directed by, he, there's a few other directors he writes for. I'm sure we'll be seeing one of his movies very soon. Within the uh, next 45 minutes. <laughs> the, he actually filmed it yesterday. And... Uh, <laughs> I will just tell you personally, I'm not going to, never mind. Go ahead. Cause I don't know everything. Hey, but you know your experience and that's valuable. So. I only know my experience and it's very limited. <laughs> I'll just say uh, I spent six years working on this movie, going the studio route. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was right. I was doing what you were doing. I was writing as an independent thing. Yeah. And then was encouraged to make it bigger, go bigger, go bigger. And I went bigger and bigger. And the script I landed on was like too, exp- like yeah. seemingly yeah, yeah, too yeah. expensive for, mm-hmm anything I was going to get to do. We still shot that script for an indie budget and I don't know if I would change anything. So I don't know if I actually have advice for you. (laughs) Well, I think it's also a thing where uh, just talking about pizza time, it is a, in my mind, it can be a very grounded idea, but it also could be a a crazy, you know, batshit crazy idea by the third act just by changing a few things and different scales. So uh, anyways, that's, it's an exciting opportunity. So that's, uh, but also there's some opportunity that for me and you to write, Ryan develops some stuff, which I won't talk about, but 
It's, Even from the podcast, right? Like yes. we're actually pitching stuff from the podcast, yes. aren't we? Yes, I'm. Yes, but to, to bring that stuff to them, uh, they seem very excited just to see any idea that uh, that did I that could possibly direct. Work? I didn't. I haven't been keeping up with anything. Did the I sent you, that, It wasn't in the long one. It was just the pieces. But it, was that enough of a starting point for you? Absolutely. Because I was just okay. going to make a yeah. Don't share this on the pot. This next part, uh, Renee. But I do want to talk. No, to you, Renee, but. you can just bleep stuff if you want. Make <laughs> yes, people really true. interested. Uh, yeah, that's true. You can bleep stuff. But but yeah, he basically was like, just send me some log lines and email if it's something that we like. <laughs> I just imagine Renee bleeping that. He was just like, Blur, like it sounds like the guy cursed you out. Sorry. Yes, but uh, he's like, send me some log lines over email if it's something that we were excited about. Like, let's get on a Zoom call and like try to develop a pitch together to. So it was like this really just like, yeah, we're just excited to like work on something uh, with you. You know, if it's aligned with are what you, we do. Are you pitching with actors in mind for anybody? Um, I don't know. Cause I, so he said, just send some log lines over email. And then I took that as I'm going to make a fancy five page deck that is just like, here's the kind of movie we want to make with like reference images and sort of like almost like your sketch is sketch is not that kind uh, of thing. Yeah. I think that's the level of commitment uh, to put into uh, it hundred percent. Where it's just like minimal effort, but really cool, you know? Yeah. And taking that in just so they get the vibes and they're like, oh, okay, this, they, they know what they're doing and they know how to sell stuff. So, man, uh, but in my experience, you think that that's going to communicate that. And they're like, meh. You're just like, what are you not entertained? It's freaking so okay, fun. Anyway, it's also like also in the sort of in the world of this past year, kind of in this world of like Hollywood, so to quote unquote Hollywood. I mean, the, the people I'm talking to literally Hollywood live elite. in Hollywood, but Hollywood uh, liberals. <laughs> yes. All those ho- Hollywood liberal elite. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they're trying to make Texas, California. I'm just kidding. But, uh, oh boy, don't talk about Texas, <laughs> Texas political landscape right now. But what's, what was I trying to say? Where was I, I going know, with this but, stuff? I don't know. Remember when you tried to talk to John Carpenter about his movies and you just want to talk <laughs> so about he, the political landscape of Texas? brought up Greg Abbott. I'm, <laughs> I'm never going to, John Carpenter is going to die one day and I'm going to be like the one opportunity I had to meet him. He wanted to talk about our governor. <laughs> Greg uh, have it. Um, but anyways, actually being in like the sort of this world where I'm talking to big Hollywood producers and like different production companies and stuff, it is weird how some things in my mind, I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Why like movies are just so hard to get made. There are some people that just have such that classic Hollywood attitude where it's like, yeah, let's get this thing made. Like I've, I feel really good at like this thing's going to go through and then just like nothing goes through and they're like, don't worry. Like we'll keep working on it. And I'm like, man, I can see why people get stuck in this like pitching ideas for years and like uh you get told that everything is going to happen over and, and, and over it seems over. like everybody's really excited to make content uh but then there's always like there's always something else that they want to see or there's always a change they want to make and it's just like you're stuck in this loop of i think uh, i talked about this on the podcast but yeah like i had i hit a point a couple of years ago where i was like I realized what was really happening, it, it, which like was that every step of the way where I would have an idea, I pitched the idea to somebody, they'd say, it's great, we want to take it up the line, but first, uh, do you think you can write uh, a, an outline? Write an outline, great. Think you could put together a proof of concept? Yep, I can do a proof of concept, like a sizzle, a proof of concept thing, great. Now, could you, uh, how, much of, how, many page, how much pages could you write? Could you maybe have the first act and you want to be ready? Right, the first act. It'd be great if it could actually be more than the first act because I feel like we're not really getting the tone. Okay, great. And then eventually it gets to where like you, just, you know, what? you just need to go make this movie. You got to go make this movie. And we're so <laughs> like, excited. To see I've been it. doing it. And so then you go, give me money to make it. <laughs> and then if you, and then if I did happen to go make the movie, I feel like they'd be like, awesome. What do you got next? What's your next movie? Like, yeah, you need I to make a marketing. Campaign what are we doing for this? with this one? <laughs> I, I think you just need to release this movie. And- yeah. <laughs> 
I think you just need to like uh, experience overwhelming success, make somebody a lot of money. So we will then want some of that money. You know, the thing this, I'll uh, never forget. I, I will say that the, the one lesson that I've learned from this, I always rolled my eyes at in the past was the fact that our short films kind of worked. <laughs> Like we, the, the opportunities that, that I've gotten and that Matt have gotten this year have directly come from our short films being online and someone seeing that and being like, holy shit, that was really good. Which I thought was over. I thought those days were, I thought they were long gone. And I, and it was kind of this thing where it's like, well, we just kind of make short films because I want to make films and that's the only thing I can afford to right now. Or now it's like, you know, this actually, this actually kind of did something and it doesn't happen for everyone. And Polly. Yes. But what you just said, I think is, is directly related a hundred percent directly related in that you, you don't, you don't make shorts to try and make features. You're making shorts, the shorts that you, excuse me, have been making, you've been making because you just want to make movies. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the only way that you have available to you right at this moment. Mm-hmm. Polly. And the fact that you're seeing you know, like career opportunities coming from that, I think is totally related. Because I'll tell you, like, not not just making it to get to the next step, but making it because not you just want that, to make but it. But literally making it, literally, you're you're not making it to get to the next step. You're making it because I know you. I know you wanted to make pizza time so badly, and you made it. I know this experience. It's like all but one of my Red Giant short films. Mm-hmm. All, all but one of my short films in general were all made because that short was the thing. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, like yeah, yeah. I thought of a story, I made that story as a short film, and had no further use for it or purpose for it, and that was it. That was the outlet. And therefore it had some appeal and it made created opportunities for me. But the one short that I made as a proof of concept, like honestly in the grand scheme did not do anything. It was the sizzle reel for that yeah. short yeah, that yeah, did yeah. something. And you know, the jury's still out on whether that's going to go anywhere, but I, I think it's a hundred percent related. You know, I, I do want to tell a story when, uh, Tony and I were pitching something with my friend, Zach, Zach, Zach Dixon, Tony first name basis, the great Tony Hale. Well, I, the problem is I said, I mentioned him by name, by first name earlier in the podcast. So I thought I can't just bring up his last name again here. Cause it's going to sound like I'm name dropping. The, uh, it sounds like I, one, it sounds like really stupid, but also like it's the only celebrity I know. And I know a lot of celebrities, Polly. I know so many. I thought you were talking about like, uh, like Tony, the great, uh, Tony from, uh, Tony's pizza, uh, the frozen pizza brand. A little fat guy in a tomato hat. Try new Super Rise Pizza from Tony's. The crust rises in your oven. If you're having Tony's, you're having fun. What's wrong, buddy? Cat got your tongue? All right, I'm gonna keep telling my story. You can just keep saying <laughs> stuff. So Zach Dixon, Sam Cowden, and I developed a the carrier. I mean, it's an anime show called The Carrier, and I can talk about because it it's the sizzle for it's online and everything. You can go to thecarrier.tv. Um, Incredible, Tony. Uh, Hale was attached to it and as a producer and as uh, one of the main characters and the four of us took it out and pitched it a couple, uh, a couple years back. And I remember we had a meeting with one of the streamers, like a really good meeting, like really, really, really good meeting. They just totally got it. They understood it. We had an amazing conversation about it. They were so stoked about this. And we got off the zoom and we're all feeling amazing. Tony immediately calls the three of us and like not even a minute got by after we got off the zoom when Tony, our phones ringing and Tony's like, guys, that went really well. I just want to remind you, manage your expectations. It still might not go anywhere. Oh, no. It was like, he it felt, felt it too. like a like, cynical you guys thing. Were like, we're, we sold it. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like if, you know, at first it felt like a cynical thing, but like it, 
No, it was a hundred percent him like yeah. taking care of us, our mental health, yeah, like yeah, yeah. just preparing. And it's a hundred percent true. Like you, oh, and damn. here's the fun part. We never heard from that, the, the, that streamer, those people that we met with again. In fact, Even not that, we aggressively, like aggressively emailed them over the next year. I mean, like we are at a reasonable rate yeah, and yeah. following up frequency hey, just checking in ghosted purely pure ghosted, like aggressively ignoring us. Like you could feel the anger and their non replies or the, yeah, uh, I, I've heard yeah. stories. I think it was Greg Daniels who told the story on a it podcast. It was Quibi, once. wasn't it? Uh, okay. No Quibi. No Quibi <laughs> passed <laughs> like months before they would bankrupt. <laughs> Was uh, uh, I think I heard a story Greg Daniels tell where he was saying a, telling a story one time he pitched I think it was Greg Daniels I'm sorry if it wasn't he pitched something at, like at at, a, at one of the studios like some TV show and like it was like an amazing meeting mm-hmm. energy was amazing they were ready to do it pretty much committed to it in the room gets in his car drives home when he gets home he gets a call from his agent saying they're passing on it and he was like so the lesson I learned that day was don't take the 10 home on a Thursday afternoon after a pitch. Like literally there was nothing like nothing to learn from it. It's just completely random and there's no way to learn anything. Just they passed. They passed. That's frustrating too is when uh, they're dead. This is, this is not just for movies, but for everything. When, even when like I've had this great opportunity, like uh, an actual, like developing and and making movies, but this year has been awful for commercials for me. Like I've lost so many commercial pitches this year. It's crazy. Um, But on the, it's like frustrating those two. It's just like, Hey, we decided to, you know, go with someone else or, you know, just like not hear back. And that's almost. I've seen some of your pitches. I don't understand that. That's almost worse when they're like when we've had someone say hey we decided to go with this company because this reason at least there's something to grow from or something to learn from yes or something to disagree with but you know it it's you know maybe it's it's not always creative too it sometimes comes down to the price as well but one of the best responses i one of the best rejections i ever got was from an executive who said very bluntly said because he's an untested director especially with us we've never he's never worked for us before mm-hmm. on a like tonally complex film it's it's just hard to take the risk and he, and the and the truth is it would be easier to take the risk if he wasn't like a white male director yeah, right now yeah um which is like that's really that's a really great response to hear for a lot of reasons like for obvious reasons of like good i'm very glad that making yes. it slightly harder for me so it can be slightly easier for yes. more diverse directors like awesome equity yeah and the and the other reason it's good is because but makes sense and it's good it's kind of hard to chew but it's a lot easier to chew than yes when they pass mm-hmm. like or we love it ghost like <laughs> <laughs> we love yeah, it here's worse. a ghost <laughs> unleash the ghost it's like mr burns like he pulls the lever and you fall into a trap full of ghosts all right that was done no i loved it i loved it I loved any any Simpsons reference. Um, oh my god, you have to go! I should have shut up. No, 30 it's great. Ago. I love so this. Uh, this we came into this episode with nothing planned, and it became like a making movies talk. It'd be more exciting if you would freaking talk about the things that you. Have I know. I just I, when if something really falls through or something actually happens, I will absolutely share about it. And Ryan, yeah. I think the point of this whole episode, if you've learned nothing, is that neither of those will probably happen. <laughs> yes, ghosted forever. Yeah, I bet you know it's. I feel like I've been in this, it's like been like six months and we're just like still riding on the hope, but it's trying to keep my, my expectations, you know, low, like, you know, treat it like this probably won't happen, but if it does, it'd be amazing.
and just working hard to try to make it happen. I think the secret, Ryan, is just to be super excited yourself yeah. and with your friends and family yeah, and like close friends and family everyone and with everyone else, be level. It's just, that's that's a good idea. It's it's also hard when friends and family are like, so what's the update on that project? And it's like, still the same as it was three months ago. Still the same I'm, as it was six months ago. I'm being the biggest asshole to people right now <laughs> who ask me like how the editing's going yeah. because I'm like, or like how, so, so, so what's, what, what, what's next? So are you, I'm, you're editing it right now. I'm guessing like, you know, uh, yeah. when, when do you do visual effects? Are you going to bring other people on? When do you, and I'm like, please let me just make it. And I, I, I have no inside exciting information to yeah, give you at yeah. this moment. I am so, literally just still sitting at my computer editing mm-hmm. and it makes me resent people <laughs> for asking for being excited about me and my movie. Yeah. I know the feeling. Oh uh, yeah. Dude, Seth, well, I'm excited to jump back into the show with you. Uh, season four, the writer's room game show. Yeah. Uh, we should do some more action comedy ideas for the season. Just cause. <laughs> Okay, done. Uh, the action comedy season. We'll just um, be doing actually. Okay, fine. We're, we're just. I'm going to say now. We're just going to be writing action, action comedies, comedies for this season. This, this season. I will say though, I I do have a. I tried to at least schedule out sort of release, and we. I think it'd be fun to you know hit some of the major holidays again. We've got you know we'll have uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas episodes. I, I definitely think would be nice. We've got the greeter. Was the Thanksgiving episode one year? Of course, uh, we had uh, Enter the Enter the Santaverse, <laughs> which Santaverse. is just the best. We got to bring Santa back for Christmas, and uh, we're gonna no, do a cr- I, yeah, we're bringing Santa back. We will since we're alternating game show and talk show. We around Valentine's Day, I think it'll land a game show will land right around then. So I feel like we need a rom com for Valentine's Day. Uh, this wasn't uh, wasn't there our very first episode then? Yes, actually, right. It was a Hallmark uh, Hallmark episode. It was uh, domesticated. What do we call it? Domesticated. Yeah, that's right. That's a good one. Yeah, sure. But uh, maybe maybe the Valentine's Day episode is when we'll actually bring our wives in and do what we've what Finally. we planned for them. We're as gonna have to script. write an erotic thriller <laughs> action comedy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So uh, should have a fun, uh, yeah, fun show coming fun, up. Fun, fun. I think next week we'll do another talk show to prep for the upcoming season, and then we'll get on to our regular schedule. That sound good, Ryan? Yeah, it sounds very good. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, uh, do we have a sign-off here, Seth? Bye. Bye. <laughs> the Writer's Room Game Show with me, Ryan Paul, and Seth Worley. Executive produced by Grant Wakefield at Weekend Video and Ann Fogarty at Plot Devices. Edited to perfection by Renee Gomez. Our art is by your buddy, Meg Lewis, and our face-melting music is by Ben Worley. The Writer's Room Game Show is a Weekend Video production in association with Plot Devices. Learn more about Weekend Video at weekend.video and check out writersroomgame.show to listen to all of our episodes and suggest your own prompts for future shows. And don't forget to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. It really helps our show out a lot. See you in the next one.